I just want to take a couple of minutes to talk about one of the sponsors of our podcast, and that is 503 Sports. 503 Sports is a site very well known for their throwback merchandise for a multitude of leagues, whether it be, for example, the World League of American Football, the World Football League, or in our case, the Arena Football League. I mean, if you're looking for any type of throwback merchandise from those teams that don't exist anymore, whether it be shirts, caps, customizable jerseys that you can get your own name and number, Detroit Drive, San Jose Sabercats, what? They're the place that has them. And just for our listeners of the podcast, they have a special offer just for you. If you use the promo code ARENAFAN, when you check out, you'll get 10% off your very first order. So head over to 503-sports.com, use the promo code ARENAFAN, get 10% off, and you want to thank them for being a sponsor of AFL Tonight. And welcome to AFL Tonight, ArenaFan.com's weekly look at everything arena football. I am Tim Capper, along with just John Stark. How are you? Hey, yo. Ben, the guy that he is, happens to be in Hawaii. What, he couldn't take time out of his busy schedule to join us? Have fun, Ben, man. Jealous, jealous, jealous. <laughs> uh, are you not, John? Oh, I am, but I bet he's going to be jealous of this episode. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, it's like, oh, wait a minute, see. Anyways, Hawaii or the interview? Hmm. Hmm. I guess you have to make your choices, right? (laughs) (laughs) Hawaii. (laughs) Um, We were lucky enough to to be granted an interview with the, the president of the Arena Football League, Mr. John Adams, and we'll be speaking with him very shortly. Um just want to mention that we are going to be talking about um, the league itself, the history uh, of him in the Arena Football League. I mean, the guy goes back quite a ways. Um, and a few of the things that we wanted to hopefully get the answers for you, the fans. Um, going forward, if there, are any, uh, if there are any other people that you want us to try and get, uh, just uh, shoot me an email over at tim.capra.arenafan.com and uh, we will try to get you uh, these interviews uh, for future shows uh, going forward. So without further ado, John, we're now going to speak with the president of the Arena Football League, Mr. John Adams. Well, on the line with us now uh, is one of the hardest working men in the Arena Football League. And it's probably, you know, a lot of stuff that you don't know what actually goes on. Uh, He's not really a a well-known name or maybe you may not know his face, but we want to get to know a little bit more about him and see if he can give us a little bit of information on the upcoming 2019 season. We have the president. Of the Arena Football League, John Adams. Thanks for joining us, John. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. That's quite the introduction there. <laughs> One thing I noticed, and I was mentioning this to John uh, prior to our conversation, is that I look at your history of in, within the Arena Football League, and it's very extensive. Um, and what I said specifically was that I like to see an executive in the league uh, not just come into a position, but has gone through from where you started back in 06 to where, you're, where you are now, you know exactly what the league needs and what you've seen, basically seen it all from day one. And that's what I like to see in, in a person who is, who is as in a high position as you are within the league executive. So it's good to see somebody who knows the league as well. Uh, oh, thank you. I certainly think, you know, that is, 
you know, what I bring to the table right now. Um, you know, I've, I've seen the good, the bad and the ugly, and we need, get, need to get back to a lot more of the good and, and eventually the great. And I think, you know, the reason why I've stayed in this league so long is because I believe, you know, what this league has the opportunity to be if we can you know, get the right leadership in, in place, the, the right resources to, to be successful and uh, enough people passionate about, you know, what we can do. Um, and, you know, I think we've seen some of that in those 04 to 08 years of what this league could be. I think it could be that and, and even more with some of the new technologies and, and you know, gaming and, and all of those kinds of things that can be integrated into this game. Now, for those who, who don't know your history, you've had a couple of stints uh, with the Philadelphia Soul. You had a, a stint also with the Cleveland Gladiators. Um, how did you get started as assistant GM and director of game ops for the Soul back in uh, in 03? Yeah, oh three. It was you know I was I was with the Trenton Thunder minor league baseball team, and I was running production and game presentation for the Trenton Thunder, and I got a and the, the team won uh, the award for best promotions and game presentation in all of minor league baseball uh, the year I held that position, mm-hmm. and I got a phone call out of the blue from one of the minority owners at the time for the Philadelphia soul, um, asking, it said they want to talk to the guy that was responsible for doing that. And, and I remember the secretary, uh, picked up the phone and passed it on to me. And, um, you know, that's how I got started. I went in for an interview. Um, certainly wasn't expecting to sit down with the likes of John Bon Jovi and Craig Spencer and Mimi box at the time and yeah. Ron Jaworski <laughs> into that room when I was, you know, 22, 23 years old. Um, but that's how I got into it. And I got thrown into the fire. You know, I, uh, I think I started a couple of weeks at that time before the pep rally. if you remember, mm-hmm. uh, the first pep rally, the soul had with the Bon Jovi concert. So, um, I think there was a four weeks or so leading up to that when I was hired and uh, the inaugural game a couple weeks after that. So that was throw into the fire, sink or swim. And, you know, I found a way to, to swim and, um, you know, have a, a successful first year with the soul, work my way up to assistant GM in a couple of years. And, um, you know, like you said, eventually went out to Cleveland and was part of that startup. Um, I was one of the very few people that um, was kept on board and employed during the shutdown. Okay. Relaunched Cleveland again in 2010. Um, and then uh, uh, me and my wife had triplets out in Cleveland. And it was going through that process when the soul was starting up and initially started you know, just having conversations, trying to help them get up off the ground and get everybody up to speed in Philadelphia at the time of what the new model was. And that turned into, Hey, why don't you come back to Philly? Uh, so came back and helped start up Philadelphia in 2011 and, uh, been here ever since. And also you've also had a hand in the, uh, the newly christened as of, you know, uh, 2017, uh, the Albany empire. Uh, how'd you get involved uh, with doing the empire? Yeah, that was, that was a fun story. So we, uh, you know, Monumental had had doubled down at the time and and brought Baltimore into the fold. So we started having some conversations initially with the the folks at the Sixers uh, to see if they wanted to join the sole ownership group. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and that morphed into a conversation with the devils. Uh, and there was some initial interest there and that morphed into, Hey, we're, we're moving our hockey team out of Albany. You should meet some guys up there that want to bring a rate of football. Um, so I ended up meeting the, the, the group of owners, uh, up in Albany and we hit it off and, and formed a company called trifecta. Um, you know, and I created a, a structure that could work and, and create some efficiencies to run both the Philadelphia and Albany team and oversaw that last year. Um, brought on George Manius. George was actually with me out in Cleveland in 2000, um, yeah, Cleveland in 2008 um, when we were launching the Gladiators at the time. Um, reached out to him as kind of a fun story. He was a running sponsorship for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I kind of reached out and said, hey, I'm going to be searching for a COO of the of the Albany Empire. Do you know anybody who might be interested? Uh, me and George have continued our relationship. And he said, how about me? <laughs> and I said, when, when can you start? Uh, George actually ended up that George grew up in Albany and um, you know was ready for a new challenge. And uh, obviously we had a relationship and, um, you know, things went from there and, and George obviously has become an integral part of everything that we're doing, uh, in trifecta. And essentially he transitioned to the president role in trifecta that I had as I tra- transitioned to the league office. Um, I think one thing we learned is you can do everything in your power at the team level, but if you don't have things going in the right direction at the league, then you don't have a whole lot of hope for success. So, um, uh, our owners agreed to, to let me go to the league and, um, you know, monumental, um, I'd like to say monumental donated Randy and trifecta donated B and, uh, kind of came up to the league level and want to put a lot of energy and focus there to make sure this thing starts going in the right direction. So you, you were, you were part of, I guess we could say you were to use a sports analogy. You were, uh, traded for a player to be named later, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think that's about right. <laughs> Uh, before we get into your transition on president, I just want to at least ask you, because you, you've had so much uh, history within the league itself, you've been uh, uh, pre-shutdown and post-shutdown, um, if you can give us a little bit of insight on what, what's your thoughts on, on, on the differences between the league pre-shutdown and post-shutdown? Well, I mean, it was pretty drastic when we relaunched Cleveland in, in 2010. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think I have to spell it out, right? I mean, you yeah. go from having you know, broadcast partners like ESPN and NBC, ownership groups like, you know, Jerry Jones and Bon Jovi and um, uh, Kroenke and, you know, all those kinds of guys that are high level. And you didn't have that level of ownership group when we came back in 2010. You know, it just, you know, immediately, you know, the players started getting paid a lot less. And, um, you know, I think we all thought at the time that it would take a step back, but I don't, I don't think we were fully prepared for how big of a hit it was going to take and, and what it was going to take to relaunch everything. Um, and then I think we just, you know, from 2010 to 2018, um, you know, uh, never fully got traction. You right. know, every time you think you take a step forward, a, a couple teams would leave and, um, you know, put that burden back at the the league and and the teams that were still there, and you know, created the negative snowball effect that uh, you know just never really got traction. So I think, you know, as we took things down to the studs, we like to say, you know, last year, um, you know, the monumental uh, group and the the trifecta 
group really meshed well together and that, you know, they bring their, everything they bring to the table with their professional sports experience, you know, their resources, um, you know, their um, just knowledge of technologies and, and the gaming industry and everything that, that they bring to the table. And, you know, our group brings a long history of running arena football league teams and having the ability to be successful at the team level. Um, and, you know, really got along and, um, you know, that partnership is really, um, what's gotten us to this point right now. And I, I think that partnerships, what's going to you know, make this league really take back off again in the next couple of years. Now to that point, we, you know, we've seen on, whether it be social media or fans talking, they will sometimes make a mention of, you know, AFL 1.0, AFL 2.0. A lot of them are calling <laughs> this version now of AFL 2.5, but do you think it's fair to say that this is the third, so we can just be an AFL 3.0, be, this would be the third incarnation of the Arena Football League, uh, you know, considering all the different changes? And, uh, you know, we could say up till 2008, uh, it was 1.0. Then from uh, 2010 to 27, 2016 would be 2.0, and then now it would be would be 3.0. Is, is that a fair thing to say, John, or is it is it just the Arena Football League? You know, I, I don't know what you want to call it, but, but internally, <laughs> uh, you know, 3.0, you know, whatever kind of name you want to put to that, yeah. I can tell you we look at this right now as a 31-year-old startup. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, we, we kind of had the thought process, this is a startup league, as you know, Randy and I, trans- you know, obviously he transitioned earlier than I did back in the beginning of last year, but um, you realize we moved the league office to Philadelphia and we started working together and brought some additional staff on board. Um, you know, we look at this as a startup and um, that's the mindset. We took it down to the studs and we want to rebuild it the right way with, with good craftsmanship and, and good materials and um, not take any shortcuts. Um, I think that's been, you know, one of the biggest uh, downfalls of the league the past several years as you kind of get into this, we need to do something now and we need to make decisions to, to get some sort of buzz or juice or success immediately. Um, but you know, that's just not the answer. You know, you continually put yourself in bad situations, um, you know, versus, you know, building something the right way. And, you know, we've had that mindset as we're a we're a startup, uh, we're a reboot, whatever you want to call it. Right. But we definitely have a fresh perspective of how we're approaching things right now. So, John, we keep talking about transitioning, transitioning. Can you take us through a couple of uh, the transitions you've had in your new duties as the president? <laughs> you know, it started out back in, I think, August, September, whenever it was that I was pulling a little bit of double duty, um, you know, still overseeing trifecta. Um, in the, the Philadelphia and Albany, and you know, we started our conversations with with Atlantic City, you know, back in in that time as well, sometime last summer, um, and and was part of that process the whole way. And then as we got to, geez, I don't know, must have been this sometime in in December, um, really started to realize that, you know, I, you know, I think if you would have asked us back in the fall, I'm gonna rewind a little bit. You would ask us back in the fall what our plan was and what was success for 2019. I I think 
you know, Randy and I would have said, you know, let's, let's, you know, add a couple more teams. Um, you know, let's get our arms wrapped around things and, and let's, let's, uh, you know, uh, have a, a successful season and really build for, for 2020. Um, but you know, things started to move a little bit quicker than we had anticipated and the workload at the league level started to build up and, and it just got to a point where I didn't have the bandwidth to do both anymore. And I knew George Manius was more than capable. I mean, we, we, um, we think the same, you know, it's funny as we were launching Albany, um, you know, we were always on the same page with everything without having to think about it. Uh, which is the kind of relationship that we have. That's great. Uh, and so I knew trifecta was in good hands. Um, and I wanted to make sure we kept up with the progress we were making at the league. So I, I just made that transition, you know, full time and said, all right, here we go. We have an opportunity. Good things are happening. Um, let, let's keep that going. And, and Randy's, you know, I think he was in a very similar spot. He's pulling double duty with monumental um, and his duties there. And um, I think we both anticipated maybe this was a 50, 50, 60, 40 kind of thing for a little while. And uh, I'm, I'm probably about a hundred and zero on the league level, and he's probably now about ninety-five and five on on AFL to monumental at this point. So, um, and, and you know, if not more than that, um, just because we really think we got the the momentum going right now and the ball going in the right direction, and, and you know, didn't want to drop the ball. You know, we we have an opportunity here. We want to take advantage of it and put our energies into it. Do do you like being the guy sort of behind the scenes? Because you know, Commissioner Bo seems to be the face of the league, as as most commissioners are. But do you like being the guy that's sort of behind the scenes and and let Randy take all the heat, so to speak? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I certainly like him taking all the heat. That, that's fantastic. <laughs> but um, you know, that that's that's kind of my personality. You know, I uh, if it's you know necessary for me to step up and and you know, take the lead on something. I certainly have no problem doing that, but uh, I'm not a, I'm not a me guy. I'm a team player. And Mm -hmm. and I think it's, what do we need to do to be successful? You know, and, you know, obviously in Philadelphia, um, when you have the ownership group that, that we've always had Bon Jovi in the beginning, and obviously still Ron and a couple other guys in the group that, that, um, you know, do like, being out in front and in the face of things, I was more than fine with being the guy behind the scenes, making things happen and, and let Ron, you know, he, he speaks much better than I do. He, he's, uh, can command the room like nobody you've ever seen. And yeah. if you have that, then, you know, let's use everybody's strengths. Um, you know, um, let's, it's about making everybody look good. Yeah. Now we, Look forward to the 2019 season. We're looking at a couple of things that the league has introduced very recently, um, and we're hoping you can give a little bit of, uh, of insight on it. Um, the first thing, obviously, is the uh, thing that was announced the other day, which is the uh, the new football. I mean, for the first time, sure. since, yeah, first time since 2003. Yeah, first time since 2003, the league has introduced a, a brand new supplier for the football. Um, what what made the league uh, first? What made the league switch? from Spalding and go to big game USA uh, compared to saying sticking with Spalding or going back to Wilson? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, and, and we started this process way back in, in the early fall. Um, you know, there's a lot of things we want to do and we want to change and we're not going to get to everything this year. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll make 
significant progress, but you know, at the core of it, right. <laughs> the football is the, the core of what this sport is all about. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we just thought it was time, you know, if we're, we knew with four, four teams at the time, um, obviously, and, and, you know, even the goal to be six, um, you know, we just weren't in a position to go out and demand money from any of these suppliers. Right. Um, so if we couldn't monetize our football partnership, then we wanted to make sure that our brand was the focus of it. So, you know, obviously first step is, and then part of our due diligence and kind of you know, searching for companies was, you know, quality obviously has to be there. Right. Um, so with these guys and we knew they did a lot of big time college football programs, um, we got samples, uh, we sent the samples to our quarterbacks, you know, so that was kind of part of the process in the beginning with, with everyone that we were looking at. Uh, but ultimately what we really liked about big game USA is the ability to, to customize something with the arena football league brand at the forefront. If we couldn't get, you know, one of those big brands to, to give us some money, um, you know, which is, you know, part of the deal, right. Of running a league and trying to make it successful. Then, um, we wanted to make it ours, you know, let's have the arena football league logo. We knew we were going to, we were going to rebrand and have a new logo. We wanted that to be, you know, the primary focal point on the ball. Um, we had the ability to integrate the, the spikes, you know, the, on, on the ends yeah. that are part of the logo. Um, you know, we played around with blue laces and red laces and different colors of footballs and they have different shapes and, and all of those kinds of things available. Um, so they gave us the ability to do all of those things that we wanted to do. Um, they also, you know, are open, um, you know, kind of being a, you know, um, a local company producing everything in the United States and, um, we wanted to partner with a ball provider that, you know, it might not be a 2019 thing, but was open to experimenting with us and integrating technology into the football. You know, can we put some NFC chips into this thing and, right. um, you know, have some connectivity uh, and engagement with smartphones? You know, can we put some chips in the ball that uh, we can collect some data and, and eventually, um, get the speed of the ball or how many rotations and, you know, those kinds of things okay. and make that data available to fans in you know, long term. You know, we want to work with partners that are willing to work with us and be our partner and, and figure, you know, experiment with us and do all of those kinds of things. So, you know, they were willing to do that. And I think the fact that the, the balls were American made was just icing on the cake, you know, at the end of the day. Um, so, um, we wanted the balls to be unique. One of the cool features of the Arena Football League that I think has not been promoted enough in recent years is that, you know, when the ball goes into the stands, the fans get to keep it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we wanted to make sure that when, when a fan got that ball, it was something unique and, and cool and, and not just another football. Um, you know, we want to promote that more we want to promote more things that are we think are pretty unique and, and interesting about our game than what's been happening the past few years so kind of add all of those things together 
Big Game USA was the perfect partner for us and, and why we eventually pulled the trigger and moved forward with them. And it seems, too, that uh, I think I think this is the first time where we've ever, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, John, or, or, or you, John, also, uh, correct, me, <laughs> <laughs> uh, correct me, but I think it's the first time we've had a um, an actual manufacturer sell it directly off their website, so it'll be good for fans who... I mean, it, it takes away from catching one at the game, mind you, yes, but I mean, if you're somebody like me who's in the media who doesn't get to you know, get, actually be on the field and try and catch a ball, it may give me an opportunity to, to get a game ball without having to, uh, I guess we could say, wrestle everybody for it in the stands. Yeah, and you know, the, that, um, that opportunity came about as part of the negotiation. You know, you know candidly, uh, the, the cost of the balls were more expensive than the Spalding ones. And, you know, we knew with markups at the arena right. and, and all those kinds of things that if uh, we added another layer here, that the balls were going to be even more expensive to the fan mm-hmm. than what they would be if they just sold them directly. Okay. Um, you know, even at $125 a pop is you know, pretty pricey for a game ball is we try to keep everything, you know, affordable for our fans. Um, so having them sell them directly and uh, as we negotiated the deal, um, provided at least the most cost effective way of, of giving the fans the ability to purchase the ball, um, you know, for those who don't come to the game, but, you know, it's still expensive enough to where, you know, a fan catches in the ball. They feel like they really got something of value. Right. Right. Anyway, you know what, but John, at least the you know, the Arena League balls are cheaper than the CFL game balls and the American Alliance uh, footballs, too, because those are really seem to be out of when it comes to pricing. Just really it pushes a lot of people out because of their price point. Um, yeah. And I, and I might be a little bit biased, but ours are way cooler. <laughs> if, if the league's able to get some of that technology by putting an NFC chip in there and pushing it onto the, the broadcast and, or as you said, or a future app that the, may, the league may be doing. I'm sure that's going to be some very interesting stuff. And it's, the, the arena league's always been known for, you know, for innovation and stuff like that. I mean, how many leagues so far? I mean, the AAF just alone uh, took, quote unquote, took the idea of, of showing uh, the replay official on TV while they're doing a replay. So it's, you know, as I said, the, the arena league has been always been a league of innovation in my opinion. So, well, we, we have to be different. We know, I mean, I, we think it's one of our strengths that, that we're not the same product that the NFL puts out, right. right? If we're the same product the NFL puts out, then you know what? We're just you know, a bunch of guys that, that couldn't make the NFL, you know, yeah. but we we like to think we have a unique product that's uh, you know, specialness to it and a uniqueness to it that, that makes our game interesting um, and the ability to be forward thinking and, and innovative um, you know, those are the kinds of things that that continue to give us the opportunity to to be successful. Um, another thing too that a lot of play, uh, what a lot of fans may not know about is we have been we've been told that the league is looking at making either tweaks or, or a different design to the uh, to the uh, Jim Foster uh, Arena Bowl trophy. Um, are you able to give us a little bit of of an update yet on on what's uh, what where you are in the process of having this new trophy made, or if that's the case? Um, I can say it, it is the case we, we are going to design a new trophy at this point. Um, but you know, candidly, uh, we're just not far enough along in the process right. to really have any kind of real information to, to talk about. And I'm not just trying to hide it. We're just not there yet. We have other things, uh, and you'll see some, uh, announcements in the next few weeks. Um, you know, that, that 
we're going to have available, um, you know, for, for this upcoming season. It's really taking a lot of our focus right now. Um, but we do want to, as part of the rebrand and new logo in football and uh, uniforms and all those kinds of things, we, we do want to uh, redesign the trophy. And, and I don't know what that will look like or what it will be called. And, you know, we, we've had some preliminary conversations about, you know, is which model do we go? Do we go with a model where, you know, the teams keep the trophy and it keeps passing around to the champions or do we give out a new one every year? Um, you know, we, those are things we have to talk about, but right. just haven't delved into it deeply just yet. That, that's, that's actually very old school by, by giving a, give, making one per year that we're talking going all the way back to 87. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, why not? Yeah, you know, exactly. if, uh, and, and I'm saying, not saying we will or we won't, but I, I don't think, I don't think the answer you're going to get from our group is, well, that's how we've always done it. You know, and that's the reason to keep doing it that way. Yeah, exactly. John, I think you, you had a couple of questions. Yeah, I did. Uh, John, can you tell us any more about the TV broadcast situation for this upcoming season? Um, yeah, I can tell you there will be, you know, a, a plan. Uh, that's one of our focuses right now, getting this locked up. Uh, I can tell you that every game will be made available, you know, either through, you know, a national partner, digital partner, social partner, or a collection of RSNs. We're going down all of those paths right now. Mm-hmm. Um, every game will be produced and distributed. Uh, you know, we're, we're kind of working to finalize exactly what that looks what looks like here in the next week or two. Um, is the league thinking about bringing back some of the old uh, broadcast teams that were on CBS Sports Network? Um, you know, it, it's possible, but um, you know, I actually it, it doesn't. I know uh, Ari's always the question right and said, and, and I talked to Ari the other day. I, I don't know if he'll be part of the group this year, okay. um, but I assured him that uh, if that's the case, is you know, uh, trying to mesh you know, having a quality production, but be cost efficient as well um, for the 2019 season, um, you know, and everything on the East Coast, et cetera, that, you know, he may not be part of the plans for this year. But I assured him that we're, we're, we're well aware that him and Seth are our A group. And, um, you know, just because we might go in a different direction this year, that uh, he's not part of the long term plans. And he knows that. And Ari and I have a really good relationship. Cool, John. So one one more question for me then. Um, so long term plans is what can you tell us about maybe adding more teams next year, more expansion in twenty twenty? Uh, we heard the commissioner say a thing or two lately. Uh, what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're we will be expanding. I think uh, this is a topic and, and one of the big, um, I guess, changes in philosophy you know, from this new group is, you know, I think you guys know you follow the league. One of the downfalls of the league has always been, you know, kind of subject to um, going into markets because there's a local investor, you know, willing to pay money to have a team. And, you know, that market may or may not be a good market for the Arena Football League. And, and that local investor and owner may or may not know what he's doing in operating a professional sports team. Sure. Um, you know, and a handful of years go by and um, he realizes it's, it's harder than when he thought. And um, it's more than just, you know, waving to the crowd at, at midfield and, um, you know, kind of the, the allure wears off and, 
you know, he folds his team and it kind of, I think we had this conversation a little bit earlier, but he folds the team, the burden goes on the league and the other people still in the league and it creates a, you know, a, a downward spy, spiral. Uh, we want to focus on, um, you know, using data and analytics to uh, pick the right markets for the arena football league and expand in a thoughtful manner uh, using a collection of, you know, data, a collection of obviously the human element and just knowing, um, you know, what may have been uh, good markets in the past or whatever kind of elements that, that regular data can't pick up. And then, you know, once we narrow it down uh, to a handful of markets, you know, going in and, and having some leverage and negotiating arena leases and medical partnerships and practice facilities and the like, and, and almost become a little bit of a, an RFP process, right? And, and making sure that we pick the right markets and get the best deals. And uh, then the league would go in and, and own and operate those teams initially until it's up and operating uh, effectively and efficiently and, and set up for success. So, it sounds so like- with that, we fully expect to expand and to expand in a timely manner. I think one of the other things of the other model was waiting for other people to commit. And maybe they commit in September, maybe they commit in December, and then we're in you know, January, February when the schedule's launched and free agency begins and we're behind the eight ball and getting a, a broadcast partnership together, you know, et cetera. You know, we want to expedite, you know, the the time frame and launch and the appropriate uh, time frame to, to get a schedule out and on time and give local local teams the ability to be successful and the salespeople and, and those teams the tools to be successful. So it sounds like yeah, the, what the league's wanting to do is kind of like slow the dominoes in such a way, uh, getting away from the old, as you said, the way that the league had wanted to do it originally. Uh, with the uh, former commissioner, and now you're going something similar to uh, it's a total single entity or an MLS type of 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 uh, way of of owning and bringing in teams to the league. Is does that sound right? That, that is a pretty accurate statement. Not not a, exactly. There, there's some tweaks, but yeah, um, yeah I think uh, you're on the right track. Okay. Okay. Um, well, I know we know you're busy. Uh, we really agree, you know, really appreciate your time, John. And what we just one last question before we let you go and uh, have the rest of the evening to yourself. Sure. Um, um, it, tw- 2019's coming up. Um, some markets, a new market, a returning market, which, by the way, Columbus seems to be very, uh, they're very excited having a team back. Um, what would you want to say to uh, to the fans of the Arena Football League? Uh, when it comes uh, up for the uh, 2019 season? Well, I think for the 2019 season, um, I think you're going to see significant progress from the 2018 season and and more opportunities to engage and and have fun with the league. Um, But I think most importantly, and, you know, can certainly understand the apprehension and and the uh, uh, being in the, um, you know, show me, don't tell me kind of mindset Mm -hmm. because we understand what's happened in the past you know, eight, eight to 10 years. Um, but you know, I, I think there's, uh, for, I, I know for me personally, I've never been more excited about what the future can be for the league. Um, you know, and I, I think it's, it's time for people to get excited that it's, it's on the right path again. That's and we've, we've heard that a few times and it's, 
for uh, an old timer like myself, it, it's actually great to hear that because I've gone through everything that the league has thrown at me <laughs> and, and thrown at the, at the fan. <laughs> um, but it's that, that's good to hear that the league's on the right track. Um, John, if people wanted to follow you on social media, as obviously as, as the president of the AFL, how would they do so on social media? Um, I believe I'm at AFL underscore, uh, yeah, AFL underscore president. I should know that a little bit more, shouldn't I? <laughs> yeah. But okay. Um, but that's perfect. So again, I'm pretty sure that's that. Okay. At AFL underscore president. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's that. Okay. Um, John, again, it was uh, uh, great to meet you uh, verbally for the first time. Uh, if you're at, I'm sure I will, and John and I will both get a chance to meet you during the season sometime because I know we are. Uh, planning on going on a few road trips during the uh, during the season to uh, watch the game and to, to promote the league as best we can. Awesome. I look forward to it. Everybody that you've been listening to, uh, pre- uh, the AFL president, John Adams. Now, once again, uh, greatly appreciate uh, John's time in, uh, in speaking with us. Um, uh, if we can get, you know, 35 minutes out of the, uh, out of the president on a, on a very busy evening, um, uh, we're lucky. We're lucky to get what we did, right, John? Oh, for sure. And I, it was great. Yeah. And he's such an informative, nice guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and as I said during the interview, it's nice to see a guy, an executive in the league now, who's basically started off uh, in one of the lower positions within the team itself, and has risen to become you know one of the bigger executives in the league itself. So it's. Um, oh, I know. That yeah. just shows like his determination and commitment to the league, and it's. It's admirable. Yeah, and it was very. Just I'm going to echo what you're saying too. Is he was very positive, very up on the league itself. I know we asked yeah. in particular only about 2019, but he hinted at a few things uh, coming up for the league, not only in 2019 but going forward that uh, could be very interesting. This could actually be a very different arena football league, but in a very good way. Oh, I know. We only have like uh, we're less than 30 days from kickoff, and. Um he was mentioning we're going to see a couple of things come out in the next few weeks. Yeah, so it's it's very very cool. Uh, just want to remind everybody that we are on social media. Um, there are multiple places where you can check us out. You can head over to Facebook or over to Twitter. Uh, also, I keep forgetting our Instagram account. Those are all slash uh, Arena Fan. Also, if you want to listen to our entire history uh, and archive of the AFL Tonight Pod, uh, you can head over to a couple of places. You can head over to SoundCloud for our last three shows. Or you can head over to uh, Apple Podcast, Google Play Music, or Spotify. So, John, what's uh, what are your plans for the next couple of days? I know we got uh, training camp coming up very shortly, and I know that uh, once that does, we I'm sure you know, all of us will be rejoining, uh, reassembling, and ha- getting ourselves a, another off season show with the start of camp. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to lock down a time to get to the Washington Valor training camp. Uh, get some photos and we'll put out an article for that. Uh, and work is picking back up for me. Like I thought it would just stay busy with that. And on the weekends hang out with some friends. How about you? Um, I, I, it's a lot of the back end stuff for, uh, for arena fan and keeping the fans up to date with our, uh, free agency tracker. Um, we just got it. There are stuff that we have to do ourselves. Uh, when it yeah, comes I guess to, I do do that too. Yeah, you do do that too. Yes, that's right, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Uh, Mr. Transactions Director. You are. Um, I am. <laughs> um, but you know, it's just getting just getting ready for towards the season, and uh, very interested to see what the league comes out when it comes to these uh, 
uh, to these announcements. Uh, it should be very, very interesting. So, Indeed. Uh, yeah. So uh, for everybody here at AFL Tonight, for John Stark, I'm Tim Capper. Watch the rebound off the net.